not all put back together yet <laughs> so I did about three and a half miles and that was ample uh, I have been swimming so that's good um, and training for an ultra is not ideal swim training I also learned that the first time in the pool I was like whoa is this my first time out here why is the wall so far away um, but it's coming back it's the swim the swim is making its way making its way back to me all right I feel like I should introduce what we're talking about today <laughs> we're live by the way yeah go for it Matt all right so welcome to yanking chains podcast episode number four where we talk about all things endurance we're gonna today we're gonna be checking in with Vince and Maria who recently completed the Havelina 100. Yes, that's Havelina 100 with two J's. Um, <laughs> and we're going to find about the experience. So for those of us who don't know what the Havelina 100 is, Vince, can you quick give us a rundown um, about what it is, where it takes place, the, the deeds? Havelina 100 is a 101-mile foot race in the desert of Fountain Hills, Arizona, which is uh, right outside of Scottsdale and right near Ironman, Arizona. It is uh, six full loops of 15 miles and change, and then the final loop is uh, a 10-mile uh, kind of shorted loop of the of the first loop. And uh, yeah, did I miss anything? Oh, it's got about uh, 7,000 feet of gain, so it's it's an easy 100. <laughs> and because I was there, the weather was beautiful. The weather was perfection. I'm just saying, I am I am the good weather fairy. Yes, so everyone sign up for races that Vince does, and you will get good weather. Yeah. Yeah. If you sign up, and I'm doing it, and Vince isn't there, you've got a 50-50 chance. You know, it's, it depends. Yeah, well, my wife, you know, she is known for the uh, the extremes. Did uh, Tahoe at, what, 30 degrees and uh, Ironman yeah. Coeur Lane at 106. So, and the year I did it with her, the 30-mile-an-hour wins. So yeah. That was, that was and, fun. It was good. It prepped me for for other things, so that's good. So, Maria, you want to walk us through your day? I do. Um, so, I think my main goal with this race because it was my first hundred miler ever was to survive so uh, before the race I put a lot of energy into convincing myself to be patient um, and I think it was particularly easy because after labor pains which we talked about an episode or two ago um, it, it wasn't too hard to pace myself because I knew what would happen if I didn't so I just primarily relied on my heart rate uh, and I set a really low heart rate for myself so for those of you that use like a five zone system I was like not even at the top end of zone one for as an average for the whole time um, I figured that would keep me safest uh, in terms of pacing in terms of whatever the heat was gonna do but again the heat I didn't think the heat was super bad did you Vince? No. No, yeah, I, no, I mean, I, you know, it's the desert, so it gets a little warmer, you know, so 80 degrees feels like 85 or whatever, but I never thought it was, like, I wasn't, like, trying to, to like, cool down, you know, by soaking all my clothes or anything like I would normally do. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think the heat was terrible, and I think for me, coming from the East Coast, the fact that it was, like, 80, but it wasn't humid even a little bit, 
Yeah. It did not feel like 80 that I'm used to at all. Um, you know, when it's 80 here in the middle of the summer, it is it's bad. Um, but it, that 80 degrees didn't feel bad. It was just really the sun. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty happy when the sun went behind the mountains. I was like, all right, that's good. Like I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm ready for that to go away. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I I pretty much my my main goal was to survive and to pace smartly and to and to finish strong. I didn't, you know, I mean it hurt when I I was certainly in pain when I finished, but I didn't feel at any point like I couldn't run, um, which surprised the crap out of me, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> I am pretty much still thinking about my day at Havelina like, huh, wow, that went way better than I thought it was going to go. Um, and I am hopelessly addicted. Like, I'm just sitting here, even though I ran yesterday and I know my body's not ready for, for any sort of racing at this point, um, I just <laughs> am plotting out all the hundreds. Um, I just have, like, this multi-tiered plan for 2016 which of course depends on December <laughs> yeah. yeah so for the week it closes this weekend and then it draws on December 5th is that right yep I think yeah, yeah I and, think it is the 5th and I think they have what about 3,000 people and they take a five-year average of 288 people a year I think is what it is so mm -hmm. you got you got like a like a snowball's chance in hell <laughs> yeah pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Do you have to qualify for that? You do. You do. So they made the qualifications a little harder. Um, there's a, like a, a handful of 100Ks that I can count on one hand. Um, used to be you could do 50 milers and get in. They, they, ki they killed that because so many people are entering. Um, and then there's a bunch of hundreds. And, and Havelina is the second of the last one for the year to get in. So Maria, Maria checked her, her box. Mm -hmm. And uh, and tossed her ticket in the hat for Western states, and we're all kind of crossing our fingers. And so, yeah. what was your time? And what was did you did you have? Was it time based? For me? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, I think that what it's thirty hours to finish, yeah. right? That they give you at Havelina. So I think to qualify for the lottery, all you have to do is finish Havelina. Um, but in again, for those of uh, those of you listening that don't one hundred percent know sort of the benchmarks for hundred milers, right? Um, 24 hours is kind of like a golden benchmark because, you know, the lure of running 100 miles in a single day kind of thing. And you get a special buckle. So I think... Do you, you know, have that buckle? <laughs> I do. I do. It's not on, but... Oh, oh see, I thought you would have it handy. <laughs> I just wear it on a big necklace. I just walk around with it on a necklace. So I have my Havelina buckle on a necklace, and then I wear my double... Uh, one on a, on a belt, so that just people know they see me coming, and I make sure that it's all you know. I'm gonna make them into earrings, I think, too. And just walk oh, <laughs> I know that Lord. they are heavy. So yeah. So anyway, so 24 hours is kind of like this benchmark. Let's finish in under 24 hours. So I kind of had tiered goals. So obviously, because it was my first attempt at the distance, I wanted to finish right because it it sort of sucks when it's your first attempt at a distance, you want to know that you can get to that distance um, and, and the time isn't necessarily as important. Um, so, you know, obviously I wanted to finish, but I think for me, uh, I, I always have series of goals when I do races. I want, you know, I have like the sort of like, I'll be happy if this happens, which is to finish, but I wanted to finish under 24 hours because that is a sort of a, of a benchmark. Um, and then I had a series of goals from there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 24 hours was like the I'll be 
that's good. I'll be satisfied with that. Um, thir if I had finished in 30 hours, I might not have been like super satisfied, but I would have been, you know, good. I finished, but 24 hours would have would have made me moderate level of happiness. Then there was 23 hours, which I sort of was just like, well, that's an hour faster, so that's good, right? Uh, and then I went back and I looked at the last three years of results in Havelina because I sort of was like, oh, I'd love to be top 10. This would be, that would be cool. Top 10 female, not top 10 overall. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, so what does it take to go top 10 female at Havelina? And pretty much if you were 22 hours or under, you were in and around top 10. So I just, I looked at my training and I said, you know, 22 hours is a possibility. It's certainly not a guarantee, but it's a possibility. Well, I am so happy because I crossed the finish line in 21 hours and 33 minutes and totally shocked the crap out of myself. Like, <laughs> shocked the crap out of myself. Because when I, like, like to me, 22 hours really was a super stretch goal. I had I did not ever imagine that I would be 30 minutes underneath that. Um, that that really shocked the crap out of me. Um, and I was eighth female. Woo, so happy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was I was pretty pumped. And I think more than just the time for me. I mean, yeah, at the time it's super happy. But I finished like feeling really good. Um, I think the hardest loop for me was actually the fifth loop. Oh, oh so for those of you listening that don't know, Havelina is like been said a looped course six full loops and then your seventh loop is like a shorty 10 mile loop it's like 9.1 or something like that um, the worst one for me was the fifth loop because that was when it first got really dark uh, and I was I, I, I noticed this even when I did the double back last March I noticed that when it first gets dark I have to work on this mental game here because there's something happens in my head when it first gets dark and then it takes me a little while to adapt to it so you know when I do the double again this coming March I really have to just tell myself, okay, it's just dark. It's stop freaking, you know, it's not like I freak out. It's not anxiety. It's, it's like a slump, you know, it's like a, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, if you're going through your day, like for those of you that get like sleepy around two or three o'clock in the afternoon and you need that little pick me up, it's kind of like that. And, and during the race, I should have really paid attention to what was happening and started caffeine earlier. Uh, in my mind, I wasn't going to start caffeine until the beginning of the sixth loop because of what happened to John. I was like so paranoid, my stomach was going to like skits like his did during during uh, the Virginia double. Uh, but I waited, I think, a little too long to start caffeine because as soon as I took my first caffeinated gel, it was like boom, let's go, party started. Uh, my sixth loop was back to like almost where my my second and third loops were, so it definitely picked me back up. Uh, and then after that, I finished strong, so I was super pumped about that. More, I mean, I was pumped about the time, but when I crossed that finish line, I was like, dude, I'm running still. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, not so, fast, but I was running. Like, you so know, it was great. Your times here, and they're amazing, and my favorite part is that your first lap was like 3.03, and then everyone around you, and the result was like a 2.10 or yeah. 2.20, yeah. and then you had an amazingly well-paced race, because you had yeah. 3, 3.30. Yeah. All the way for each lap, and then somebody went 220. Yeah. And they did like a five-hour lap later on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thank you, Matt, for pointing that I out. I am pretty pretty welcome. happy with the pacing. The heart rate kept me safe. Uh, yeah. it, it really did. You, you were way behind all these people for the first like four laps. Way behind. And then like like an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. two hours behind like the person you beat. 
Like, yeah, amazing. and I'll tell you what, there is nothing quite like running at 1 a.m. in the morning and passing people. Yeah, like, whoop, whoop, you know, like, and John, and John was so great because John, my husband, paced me the last, uh, you know, he started pacing me starting at the beginning of the fifth loop. And uh, in the sixth loop, when we were running and I was feeling good and we were passing people, he was like, this is great. This is like, you know, you got this. Yeah, he was great. He was really super awesome. Um super awesome cheerleader for me uh, in those miles. And that's that really sort of invigorates you, right? That motivates you to go further. And then, like, even as we were passing people, everyone out there is, like, crazy friendly. It's like you cannot pass somebody without them saying, good job, nice work, looking strong, keep it up. I mean, it's awesome. Um, but, you know, you're passing people. And, like, one guy actually said to us, man, that's two strong people there. That was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, um, it was really uh, – was, I loved it so much. I loved everything about it. I'm like, I want to do another 100, but at the same time, I'm scared because what if it isn't this magical again? It was just, like, awesome. I loved it. Chasing, loved it so much. Chasing the high. <laughs> I loved it so much. I really did. I really did. How did you plan your fade through these? What was your, like, pacing strategy? For me? You to fade a little, yeah. But, well, yeah, yeah. I, I just ran heart rate. Really, you I just ran heart, heart rate. Um, I was just paying attention to... to where my heart rate was, um, and then by the time I got to, you know, the 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 end, middle of the way through the sixth loop and into the seventh loop, I wasn't really concerned anymore about blowing myself up. I didn't have enough strength left to blow myself up. So I think, you know, part of it with part of the accounting for that fade, while my heart rate was still where it was, I mean, I slowed just because I, I had never run over 55 miles before. So I think I was just, you know. Wasn't I didn't have as much power left in my legs by the time I got to mile 85 as I as I had at mile 15. Um, although I felt crazy strong, you know, um, there there wasn't a moment where I felt like my muscles were actually shutting down on me, which was great because uh, again when I did the Florida double last March, in the last two hours of that run, I really felt like things were shutting down. Like I was like I can no longer feel my butt, which means it's no longer working. Um, that's a problem, <laughs> you know, so after I finished that race, my main goal was I have to get my muscles as strong as possible so that they fire the whole race, and I think I achieved that, um, even though there was fade, I think I definitely achieved that sort of strength, so my goal now, I guess, looking forward to the future ones is to continue to sort of stem that fade, um, so that, I, I mean, I think it would be pretty hard in 100 to run consistent, super, super consistent uh, pace throughout, but... Uh, I mean, obviously, that would be a, a brass ring to go after. So, so let's let's step back for a second. Tell him about the tire runs, because. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. I actually have a harness and and I haven't used it yet. But Maria and John have been training with a uh, kind of a waist harness that they drag yeah. tires around with, and I think that's probably something that has helped with her strength a little bit. So awesome, <laughs> and I love it. It's like it's so okay. So one thing that all of this has taught me, and and I think too, you know, I I am not a particularly good fast athlete. Can you guys hear my dog with that toy in the background? Sorry yes. I was trying to figure out if you got a kitten or chickens or what the hell is going on. Pace is playing with a squeaky toy. She's she's annoyed I'm not paying attention to her. Um, so I, I'm not a particularly uh, good fast athlete. Like five Ks, forget it. Like it's there's no there's no no chance. Sprint, triathlons, all that kind of stuff. Um, and even Ironman for me, 
it's really hard for me to go fast. And so I had built this narrative in my head that, you know, that's fine. That's, I work hard at that. That's thing. But, you know, these long course races, I think they're my thing. Like the double Ironman, the, the 100 mile, I, I actually think just looking at my body, it seems to be that's what it was made to do. Um, and so I had built this narrative in my head. So there's this one part of me that's like, God, what if that's not true? <laughs> I've built this whole narrative in my head. Um, but, you know, I think for me, that sort of low or, or that sort of aerobic effort uh, for a really long period of time suits me well. And I also think strength-based efforts suit me well. So when we started pulling the tire, I was like, this is wow, this is freaking awesome. Midget Tank, born to do this. Uh, you know, pull tires around town. Um, and, and that's kind of what I did uh, going into into Havelina. I would do not every single week, but almost every week. Uh, I would pull a tire for anywhere from... The first time I did it, I only did, I think, like 30 or 35 minutes because it was, like, hella hard. I was like, holy crap! Like, who knew dragging a tire? And I'm like, you know, I'm working as hard as I can. My heart rate's up, all all extended. You know, so I eventually built up to, I think it was 75 minutes pulling the tire around town. Um, and then, I know, I know, right? It's just like on her block, right? So, you know, the neighbors are like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> around town. Like, around town. Like um, on the sidewalk. Like on this, well, if there is a sidewalk, there's not a ton of sidewalks where I live. Should do it on the boardwalk. Yeah, <laughs> it would be easier on the boardwalk though. I think it would really go too easy on the on the wood. Um, the, Get a bigger tire. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where I'm at now. I think that's definitely the next step. She's I think pulling a time, Prius now. <laughs> I think it's time to get a bigger tire for sure. Um, She's gonna drag a smart car. <laughs> I am. I'm thinking about it. Um. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so I would do that. I built myself up to 75 minutes, but also what I would do, one cool thing that I didn't realize, like, you know, when I started pulling the tire, it was primarily for strength, but it really forces good form, uh, because it forces that lean, because that's the only way you're going to get that tire to, to move efficiently. So when you take the harness off and you start running, which is what I would do, I would, I would drag the tire, well, I would run pace for a couple miles to warm up, then I would come back, grab the tire, run with the tire, and then when I finish that, I would be feeling, you feel so light when you get rid of that tire. So I would do like a tempo run for anywhere from two to five miles, depending on how many miles I wanted for the day. And it's, they were like some of the best runs ever, and the, my form felt perfect, and you felt so light, and I was going so fast. Well, again, fast when you're training for an ultra is so yeah, yeah. relative. It's not Ironman fast at all. Like, I don't think I ever saw any splits. Like, I ever saw going into Coeur d'Alene, for example, like, ever. Uh, I, I'm sort of like, my speed is so far buried somewhere, I don't even know where it is anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, so I would drive the tire around, then do a temp are kind of in this zombie mode and they're and they're walking with their head down and then they hear somebody and the first thing they do is they like look up but it's nighttime so they got a headlamp on <laughs> and they're blinding you and you're like Jesus Christ are you stupid stop blinding me. and I'm like be a good person just put your head to the right shine your light on the ground and you'll get past the nice people and quit being a dick you know and, and then it's like it's just like you know and then I have this headlamp that has this um, like this energy conservation mode. So like if there's like four runners around me, my lamp will see that there's enough light and so it'll actually shut itself off. And it's great because it you know, I can get like eleven hours out of this super light headlamp. Well Christine's got, you know, my other light, which is like this mega bright one, and she was running directly behind me and what it was doing, it was shutting my lamp down so I couldn't see because my body was creating a shadow in front of me. I was like 
you need to be further back. <laughs> she'd, like, she'd go back, and I'm like, further, further, you need to be further back. And then, and then I was like, uh, and I'm like, stop being an ass, stop being an ass. And then at one point I was like, there's plenty of room, come over here on my right and run with me. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> You just get you just get grumpy, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I uh, would say I happily did not chafe. No chafing, wow. no blisters. Yeah, me neither. I right. am amazed because my feet really like to blister a lot, and the fact I mean, so a few things that I did to kind of work against this proclivity I have to blisters on my feet. I used trail toes, and I have been I, and, and since. Last May, I've transitioned into running with ultras. Oh, me too. That's my yeah. Favorite. So if if anyone has ever seen on Twitter or on Facebook the pictures of my feet, you'll know why ultras were a good pick for me. <laughs> um, my feet are crazy wide. They're like an E or a double E in terms of width, so really wide. And my toes are all the same length. So <laughs> that means like when you see a sneaker that has like that gradual sort of build to the big toe, they they kill me. Um, but, you know, until I found ultras, I had never found, it didn't matter. Like, any, I had tried different sneakers. It didn't matter what I used. They would all, and I would typically get the blisters on the littler toes because that's where the, the slope is. I moved to these ultras, and I'm like, wow, what a brand new day. My feet are so happy. They're so spread out. I wear them to work. I don't even care. I'm like, I, I have like a, like a work, like a suit, pantsuit on, and I have sneakers. I don't even care. I love these things. So I think those two things to combine for me, like good lube, and uh, sneakers that are right for your feet, you know. And, and some people the ultras and it might not work for. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying everyone lets use ultras, but I mean, I would try them if you're having issues because they were freaking awesome. But you do have to transition into them because the zero drop, if you're not used to it, it will load your calves and your Achilles for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I love them and they were great. And uh, so I think that that was a big, that was a big advantage for me on my feet and then my body. I prefer running in tight clothing, so I actually wear my tri kit, which I know is weird. <laughs> um, but just in case I you have to bike, just a little cushion. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Case. Um, but for me, like I've I've done my longer runs, like I've done a thirty mile run or something like that in in running shorts, and they chafe me. The 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 movement of the looser shorts chafes me. So. Uh, I switched to wearing my my tri shorts for lo longer runs. Like I'll still run running shorts for for shorter runs, like twenty miles or less. But um, the tri shorts I really like. They're they're nice and tight, and I don't chafe at all because nothing's moving. There's no friction of any sort. So although I still did lube everywhere, like I yeah, was yeah, covered, yeah. <laughs> covered in trail toes. Like anywhere I thought there would be an issue, it was it was there. Uh, when I when I finished the race, it was so thick, it was still on me. Like I could still feel like the 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 I guess the whatever of it, the fitness of it. I'm like, oh my god, that shit's still on me. It's been 22 hours and I'm still covered in trail toes. This is awesome. And I know Vince, you had said the same thing about Ruby's lube. It, it's really yeah. Cool. See, I'm the opposite. I wore, uh, I guess, because I had done tries for so many years. I had, I had become accustomed to wearing tri kits. And so last year when I did Havelin, I, I wore a tri kit and I was fine. And and I get a little bit of chafing, but I just put, yeah, hello, Bruce. She's and, like, this has been way too long without you touching me. But I've gone the opposite now. So I'm wearing uh, as little as possible. So I wear these little skimpy running shorts and, and I have Ruby's lube like in every crevice yeah, of, yeah. of everything. And uh, I don't put anything on my feet. I wear in gingy socks. Um, and, and I had... 
the only thing that had bothered me was, like I said, I think I, my ankles were just, I had these big old fat cankles for some reason, and and the, and the elastic on the sock had caused this, it, it just caused this kind of, I still have it, this like knot that's on the front of my, on the front of my shin, um, but other than that, like pretty much like everything was fine, no, no chafing, no red marks, um, just everything hurt after the after the race. It's <laughs> like, oh. oh my god! Oh my whole my whole body was just on fire. <laughs> Intense throbbing, like holy. Cr when we got back to the hotel room, I was like, John's like, all right, let's lay down and go to sleep. I'm like, how is that supposed to happen? I know, right? It's like laying in bed, moaning, like, oh my god, I cannot believe how much pain I am in. This is insane. It is and a lot of hurt. <laughs> so I went down to the uh, ice machine at the hotel, filled our cooler with ice, put it in the tub, put water in there, sat in there for 10 minutes, and the throbbing went away. It was great. <laughs> Although an ice bath at like 6 a.m. is not, was not exactly yeah. like, you know, ooh, this is great. But it did make the throbbing go away. And then after that, I was just sore. You know, in soreness, it's like I can manage soreness, but this like pulsating throbbing through all of my muscles and joints, oh, I was like, good whoa, Lord. this is like, wow, <laughs> this hurts. Yeah, that's you know, it. Like, it is. John's giggling, you know. <laughs> He's like, and that, but then a part of him was like, Maria, go to sleep. Or if you're not going to go to sleep, just shut up. Just, just stop talking. Stop moaning. Stop making noise. <laughs> I want to sleep. <laughs> we so, hung out. Oh, so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we're wrapping it up. We're going to be wrapping it up here in a little bit. I want to okay. make sure we got some tips for people who are interested in doing next year, maybe around logistics, travel, where to stay, you have any recommendations, what you do different. Well, um, it's pretty easy to get into. You fly into Phoenix, and it's about like 20, 30-minute drive into into Fountain Hills. The host hotel was great. Um, you know, it's pretty pretty convenient. The only thing I would suggest is not running along the road in front of the hotel. A couple dogs got out and tried to bite me the day before the day before. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get attacked by a dog. But other than that, the the... The food there was fine. We went to that breakfast place. It's right there in the host mm -hmm. hotel. Really, really hard to go wrong. <laughs> and, yeah. and the service and the service improved at the at the restaurant. <laughs> God, we went yeah. to the restaurant and 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 like the waitress was in a bad mood when she came over, and we were about to get up and walk away, and we we decided that they had microphones under the table because she came <laughs> back she and she had a new nice. attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, the host hotel was really nice, I, yeah. especially compared to where I stayed last year. So I would I yeah. would recommend that. Yeah. It's, it was Weekapa, it was called. So yeah. it's the same host hotel next year. But it was really nice, and they had a great rate for the runners. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it I was thought a it was super good rate. Um, and it was really nice, like way nicer than I thought it was going to be for the rate. I was like, wow, this is actually like a nice hotel. Yeah, that was um, that was pretty swanky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other logistics. So uh, I, I think in terms of like the main tips, if this is your first hundred, you got to be patient. Um I, I would argue, even you know, Vincent, your third, third or fourth. It's my third. Third. Uh, you were patient too. You, I think it, these long course events, whatever they are, and even those of you listening that are going to do like even your first half Ironman or your first Ironman, your first attempt at a what a, what seems to you to be a really long distance, you have to be patient, um, and you just have to kind of 
and it's hard to do because, you know, like you had observed, Matt, in, in those first few loops, man, I felt like everyone was in front of me. And I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't super care because I was looking at my times and I'm like, I'm still running faster than I thought I would be. So I'm not, I'm not going to get my panties in a bunch over this. Um, but I was sort of like, what the freak? <laughs> is, my, is, is my target too low? But then as the race went on and I was picking people off, I'm like, all oh, right, this is, this, is, this is my strategy. This is how it works. I come from behind. It's what I do. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the patience is, is a really key goal and that discipline to be patient. Like you have to just put on blinders and let other people do what they're going to do. Um, I remember when I came through the loop one time, John was like, people are blowing through here in two-hour loops. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? And, and then some of those people we saw later in really terrible shape in the middle of the night. One woman in particular, she was like second or third place woman during the day. And then in the middle of the night, she wanted to lay down in the dirt and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should not lay down in the desert. You should not. There were big, huge spiders and all. You should not <laughs> lay down in the desert because I don't know what those things are. Uh, plus cactuses. What if you roll over into like a – they were everywhere. Uh, but anyway. Oh yeah, that was my other annoyance. So, so, so there's basically like all of these things that can poke you, and and they're you know they're basically at the edge of the trail, and you know I'm coming up the right side of of my side of the trail, and and then there's like three people coming the other way, and they're not getting out of the way, and I'm like, you are not going to push me into the cactus because no. you won't go single file through her, and it's just I'm just like be a nice person. <laughs> just you get past them. They're in their own little world or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Get out of my way. <laughs> so I, have, I have anger issues. <laughs> so on that note, on that note, I think, Maria, do you want to end end this with the question you had? Because I think Vince already learned what he what he's going to answer with. Yeah, uh -oh. I thought I thought it would be interesting to for us to kind of share with our listeners something that we've learned in the last two weeks. Um, and... Uh, I think for me, uh, I, I've really, since the last time we talked, which is the day before Havelina, I mean, I think for me the last two weeks have really been just riding this incredible high that I haven't felt except at maybe two other races. Um, and just sort of letting yourself, ex you know, be happy about what happened and not overanalyze it, you know, because we had talked at one point in one of these races about, you know, how it's hard to be satisfied. And and if I want to get into Havelina and not be satisfied, I can do that. I can do that pretty easily. Uh, and I think I probably will do that before the next time I start training for 100. I'll start nitpicking myself. But I, I've learned that sort of letting yourself be happy uh, is, is, uh, is okay, too. You don't always have to nitpick two hours after you finish a race. Um, and so I've, I've let myself really be happy in a way that I haven't been in a while. Like I felt this kind of happiness after my first Ironman, which was one of the best days of my life. Like it was just awesome because I just was like, wow, I can't believe I did this thing that I was so scared of. And then after the first time I did Louisville in 2013, I felt this way because uh, I learned something about myself that I could actually go harder than I think I can. So, and, and again, I feel this way after running 100 miles. It's like wow, I just feel happy with, like, what the body lets me do. It's really a blessing because, I mean, how many people won't have this extraordinary feeling, whether it's after running 100 miles, a half Ironman, your first marathon, your first 5K, whatever it is. It's just such a happy feeling. So letting yourself feel that before you start nitpicking yourself. I think that's a mindset, and I think I've become I, – I think I've been able to shift into kind of moving into that 
into that space uh, a lot more. I mean, even like I talk about Tahoe um, in a negative, but I'm happy with that race now. You know, I've accepted how that has come about, and 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 you know, Havelina, like I, I definitely felt like maybe I could have gone a little harder or whatever, but I'm completely happy with it. And I think if you just you know accept the day and and like you say, just you know, it's it's something that. <laughs> That's pace. I'm sorry. Pace, pace agrees, but I, I just think if you, you know, you kind of accept the fact that you know this is something that that few people can do, and you know, you you basically go into it, and you, you're trying your best at this thing, and and if you can wrap your mind around it, I, I think you can take any day and and really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, so I I have to share one thing because I'm definitely riding the high like you are, and 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 you know I'm like looking at ultra sign up, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next year. And uh, for some reason, I, I went up onto the UTMB website. And uh, so for those of you that don't know this, it's uh, it's uh, Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc. Basically, it's a 103-mile run in Switzerland, Germany, and Italy. And it's basically in the Alps. And, uh, and they have new qualifying standards. And it takes nine points to get in. And I looked up last night, and I have nine points. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, maybe I should stay off of Ultra Sign Up or whatever for a while. I don't I, know. I love I, just a little backstory here at Havelina. I I also love that Vince was like, I don't really care about UTMB. That's not really a thing that's on my radar. I mean, it looks cool, but it's not really my thing. And now it's <laughs> well, I just so happen to have enough points. <laughs> I was just I was like, oh, nine points. I wonder what that's going to be. And I put in my races, and I'm like, oh. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, looky who has nine points. I know. Nice. All right. Well, that, that's what you learned the past two weeks, Vince? Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much right, that. And I want to do Pine to Palm. And I'm going to stay off of Ultra Sign Up because I'm gonna, I want to sign up for, like, you know, a whole bunch of hundreds. <laughs> I want to do everything. I, wanna, I know, I, I know. I want to do it all. It's like I just want to do everything. Runs all the races. <laughs> Runs all the races. It's really <laughs> Really, I purposely stayed off of anything because I'm like I cannot be. Although John did sign me up for a 50k in January, which was approved, but I was like I cannot start looking at my options. So, <laughs> so what I learned? Well, I first I thought Vince was going to say he learned um, that he was needs to be a nice person. <laughs> I do, I do. I'm working on it. <laughs> I learned how to do that. Um, so mine has nothing to do with being a nice person. Oh. Or I'm learning that I need to eat a ton of food. Um, so the benefits of eating, I mean, like I'm pretty religious about getting 3,500 calories in a day now. Um, and I haven't put on a pound. And I'm just doing marathon training. Um, and that's been a huge help. And then I, I, I feel like I feel like I recover really well, but I really got to eat. Like, I mean, I'm basically just force feed myself all day. Wow. And, as, and as, I mean, it, I just pretty much eat all day. Like, I have a thousand calorie lunch, a thousand calorie, oh, a thousand calorie breakfast, a thousand calorie lunch, a thousand calorie dinner, and then nuts and stuff sprinkled in the middle to round it out. But that's been a huge help. And I've also been trying to sleep a lot more. Like, I usually have eight hours every night, but now I've been trying to get close to nine. And if I don't do that, I try to get a nap in there. Almost every day, so I've been sleeping a lot. Like I was at my friend's house the other last weekend, and we were all sitting around on the couch. And within like five minutes, I was, you know, asleep. Um, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm realizing if I'm not doing something, I'm probably going to be sleeping or eating. If I'm even if I'm doing something, I usually am eating. 
but if I'm not eating, I'll probably be sleeping. Uh, I found that's a huge, been huge. To, I, I feel like I don't do that enough throughout the year. I'm curious, Matt. What what what? I mean, obviously, something must. You must have observed something in your body that told you maybe you needed more food. I'm just. I, I think maybe some listeners might be interested to to hear that. Mm -hmm. Like, what 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 did you observe that made you feel like I need more food? I mean, like hunger, or was it your recovery? No, I emailed or? Vince the other. I emailed Vince the other day, and I was like. You know, I yeah. always just hurt. I'm always just tired. Like, and and he's like, oh well, that's you know, that happens after an Ironman. I'm like, no, it's it's it happened after I met you like a year ago. This <laughs> is happened recently. It's, since I met you, I've always been tired. Um, and I don't think I've been, um, and not just tired, but like my leg, like every run I do, I, my legs pretty much hurt. Like, it's not painful, but there it feels like I'm running on like with bricks on my feet every run. Mm -hmm. um, and so now I feel amazing. Now I'm running like. I don't know Ashton's, but um, apparently I'm running pretty fast. Yeah, he's running really well now, and 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 I kind of I kind of picked up on it. This is probably a whole topic in itself, yeah. but yeah. but just you know, and another thing that that comes to mind is is you've dropped meat, and so you know, did yeah, you make too. did you make that up when you were when you cut that out? You know, were you finding mm -hmm. sources of protein, um, you know, and and the nutrients that are in that, you know, and then one other thing is it's it's not necessarily uh, a calorie counting contest. It's mm -hmm. it's eating good food. Yeah. So make sure you know you're you're definitely like getting lots of colors and and making sure that you're you're getting all those nutrients because you're probably eating more than I do. But man, I eat a ton of veggies. Yeah, and, and I'm just yeah. trying to make sure that I'm you know that I'm I'm getting like my my natural multivitamin there. Um, <laughs> but no, that's huge. I know, and I cook it all. I make it all myself. Um, that's the other thing is I've, I've I, I eat out only like once or twice a week now. Even like I don't even. I used to eat Chipotle, you know, like once every few days. But now every meal I cook or make myself. That's awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but that's it's something yeah. that you probably have to do. I use an app called Eat This Much, and it's amazing. I can't. I, I pay nine dollars a month, and it's the best nine dollars I spend. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta give an ad. For, it's made by this one guy, um, and the app is an amazing meal planner and grocery planner, and it. Just tells you what to eat. It's like having a training plan for your food. I don't have to think. It's <laughs> seriously. It's just offload another some other decision. So I've, that's been huge for me the past two weeks, past that's month awesome. or two. I've been doing it. So yeah. What marathon are you training for, Matt? I'm doing the California National one, December fourth or sixth. Ah, so coming yeah. in soon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So last big run this weekend. See how that goes. And yeah. We'll hear about that. All right, so I think that's a wrap for Good. episode four. Lovely. Thank you guys for waking up. Oh, well, Maria, you didn't have to wake up. But Vince and I are going to start our days. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing this again in two weeks. Yep. So not sure on the date on that, but we'll, two weeks, Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> um, I'll, send out a, I'll send out an MP3 of this afterwards so people can download that. Yeah, awesome. it'll actually be uh, the day after Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving. All right, sounds two good. Two weeks, which is I'll, the 27th. So I'm no shopping, just listen to us. Yeah, Black Black Friday. I'll be sitting on a beach in Santa Monica. So you really, that's gonna be awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous. So I'm going for Thanksgiving, so I'll be down there. Um, but yeah, so we'll see you guys in two weeks. Awesome. See you then. I have this podcast, and.